Welcome to episode 9 of ShimmyCast. I'm your host, Anala Rabari. For this episode, we have answers to the question of the week, our news recap, a review of the CD, The Sensual Art of Belly Dance, Fast Rhythms, and an article by Nio on how to choreograph. And this week's podcast safe music is from Beth Quest. But first, answers to the question of the week. So Jenny from Rome City, Indiana, wrote in about the most unusual, unexpected place she saw a belly dancer. And she says, one of my favorite movies is Dangerous Beauty. I've seen it probably a dozen times. Once I started belly dancing, though, I started noticing dancing in other places. One day, I was watching Dangerous Beauty, and I noticed a belly dancer in the background of a party scene that I had never noticed before. That was a surprise. Also, I've seen belly dancers at a local coffee house where I go to play chess once in a while. I really enjoy seeing them. Keep up the good work, Jenny. And there's a little more to Jenny's email, but I'm going to save that for a little later in the show. So we didn't have anyone answer uh, the question about how to handle stereotypes. So I'll give you guys my take on it. Um, And the thing I have to say the most that I think is the best advice is always try to remain calm and level-headed no matter what is said to you. And I think that's probably the best advice anybody can give you. I've been lucky enough in my personal experience, I've never had anyone actually try to verbally attack me for belly dancing. And I'm actually kind of surprised given that I live in the southern United States, which is known to be a very conservative area and is often referred to as the Bible Belt. And a lot of dancers that I'm friends with in this area have been confronted by the attitude that belly dancing is a sin and it's immoral and all belly dancers are just loose women looking for attention. And like I said, I have not been attacked like that. And so having not been attacked like that, I don't really feel comfortable trying to give people advice on how to deal with that. Um, if any of you listeners have been attacked like that, I would really be interested in hearing how you dealt with that and how you were able to get out of that situation. Um, for me personally, most of the time, I'm just confronted with misconceptions. And most of the time it actually comes from my friends and acquaintances, which I know really well. So it's a little easier to handle since I know these people. Um, I get a lot of, so I hear you're learning the hoochie coochie and do you know the dance of the seven veils? And hey, will you dance at my bachelor party and then I won't have to pay for a stripper. And I find it helps to take a few breaths before I respond to people because sometimes things, comments like that really annoy me. So I take a few breaths and try to calm down. And then sometimes the simplest responses are sufficient enough. 
I say, no, belly dance is not like that. It's very different from stripping or what you call the hoochie coochie. And I only perform for mixed gender groups and I never perform for free. And okay, that last little bit is, you know, a little cheeky and a little smart alecky of an answer. But that's part of my own personality. And I mainly only say that when one of my friends talks about how, oh, yeah, I'll get you to perform for free, you know, kind of thing. (laughs) But like I said, usually that kind of response is enough to make them stop making comments that are just wrong like that. And then slowly, especially if they're your friends or acquaintances, you can start to educate them about the real facts. Um, You know, there are several good books out there that actually talk about the origins of the term belly dance, hoochie coochie, um, stripping. And I know there are some other terms like hoochie coochie that are just slipping my mind at the moment, but um, there are some really great books out there that go into the origins of where those words came from and what they mean and what exactly they refer to. Excuse me. And how they differ from belly dance. So it's really good to educate yourself about that kind of thing so that when people make those kind of statements to you, you know what the truth is and you can help teach them. And you know what? If your friends don't stop making false statements like that and it really begins to upset you, talk to your friend. You know, take the time to say, hey, let's go get a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or whatever. There's something I want to sit down and talk to you about. And point blank tell them they're annoying you or they're hurting your feelings. And remind them that they knew you before you started belly dancing. And you really haven't changed that much. You're still you. And... The comments that they are making are hurting you and you want them to stop. And if they're really your friend, they should listen to you and take that into heart. So that's my best advice on how to handle negative stereotypes. And maybe some other dancers have some better advice. And I know it's the summer, so y'all are probably all busy with vacations and stuff like that. And that's probably why you aren't. Um, can't have the time to answer in every week. But, you know, whenever you get the time, go ahead, shoot me an email to any of the past answers or the current one, or go to our message board and post your answers there. So, And that'll allow other dancers to really start having discussions amongst yourselves as to these answers and things. And now your ShimmyCast news. July 5th through 30th, Stella Mara, which is a music group I've played on the podcast before, will be touring around Hodsti Crete through Athens, Greece. July 11th through 17th, Maui Intensive 2, an intense week of classes, excursions, and learning featuring Ansuya and Kajara in Maui, Hawaii. July 14th, Ujami, whose music has been used by the Billy Dance Superstars, will be performing in Exeter, 
United Kingdom. July 14th through the 16th will be the annual tribal retreat in Mount Tambourine Cedar Lodges, Queensland, Australia. July 15th, there will be a beginner tribal workshop at the Nutty Creek Farm Retreat in Spirey, Iowa. July 15th, there will be a Hathwa at Cory's Mediterranean Island in Indianapolis, Indiana. July 15th, Ujami will be performing in Barcelona, Spain. July 15th, Reel Into Rhythm workshop with Salima and Helena Zahara in Indianapolis, Indiana. July 15th, Zaya Ali will be giving a workshop on Turkish tribal and Zil in Morgantown, West Virginia. July 15th and 16th, there will be a Sonia workshop in Newport News, Virginia. July 15th through the 16th, the Evergreen Tribal Arts is sponsoring a Tribal Pura workshop and show in Evergreen, Colorado. July 15th and 16th, the Mediterranean Fantasy Festival is going on in West Seattle, Washington. July 15th through the 22nd, there will be a five-day belly dance workshop led by Bahara of Vienna, but the workshop takes place in Zalacostro, Greece. This class is being taught in English. July 16th, San Diego Area Middle Eastern Dance Association Fair in San Diego, California, will be having workshops, stage shows, vendors, and live music. One of the acts scheduled is Solus, who I've played on the show before. July 20th through the 23rd, Susanna Del Vecchio's annual dance retreat will be held in Grand Lake, Colorado. July 20th through the 24th, the belly dance superstars will be performing in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. July 21st, Omanji will be performing in Ostovia, Czech Republic. July 21st through the 23rd, an evening of experimental Middle Eastern dance will be held in North Hollywood, California. July 21st through the 24th, there will be a belly dance workshop led by Bahara of Vienna at Daphne's Club in Xylocostro, Greece. Again, this class is being taught in English. July 22nd. Sonia of the Belly Dance Superstars will be having a workshop in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. July 22nd through the 23rd, the Lotus Fire Belly Dance Troupe is sponsoring a Tribal Pura workshop and show in Bozeman, Montana. July 22nd through the 23rd, Delania's Summer Chicago Workshops. The workshop will use traditional music and cover combinations and a short choreography with finger symbols. And this will be held in Chicago, Illinois. And finally, July 22nd through the 23rd, Mohammed Radi in a workshop and choreography awards show in Oceanside, California. This has been the ShimmyCast News for this week. Okay, usually I say you can find more information on the website. Well, due to the way podcasts are published with RSS feeds and all this other kind of stuff, uh, the show notes are getting a little long with the listing of events in the show notes. So if you want more information on any of these events, 
you'll need to go to the forum board and then look for events announcements. Okay, I have an update on the article contest. I have two out of the five judges that I'm looking for, and the guidelines are nearly fleshed out. Um, don't worry, these aren't like, you know, huge major guidelines or anything like that. I'm just trying to make sure you all have the information that you need. Once I have the five judges, you will have a month to submit your articles. Now, I don't want anyone to feel a lot of pressure and be thinking, an article? I don't know how to write an article. When I say article, I'm thinking, you know, a minimum of two pages. So think of it more like a long email, if that helps take the pressure off. And it can be personal accounts of performing or, you know, finally learning that a move that you've had difficulty learning, or it can be um, something more objective as far as um, like the history of belly dance or belly dancing in various areas or the various styles. Anyway, I'm going to have a list of suggested topics that are going to be with the guidelines to help you out there. And believe me, like I said before, the guidelines are nothing you know, intimidating or anything like that. It's just your usual, this is how long I'm thinking, this is what information you need to include when you submit your article, that kind of stuff. So, and it's going to be really fun and I'm really excited because, like I said, I'm I'm still working on getting some of the prizes lined up, So, but I think y'all are going to love it and have a lot of fun and y'all want to get some of this stuff that I'm getting for prizes, I hope. Also, I'm still looking for dancers to interview about belly dancing around the world. So if you're interested in that, just drop me an email. And that's all you have to do for now. We'll work out the rest of the details later. And remember, you can send us feedback at shimmycast at gmail.com or on our forum at shimmycast.blogspot.com. And feel free to vote for us on Podcast Alley or Podcast Pickle. And leave reviews on iTunes or Yahoo Podcasts. Also, don't forget to sign up on the Frapper map on the website. It's fun seeing where all the listeners live in the world. This week's review is of the CD, The Sensual Art of Belly Dance, Fast Rhythms. And the review was written by yours truly. The Essential Art of Belly Dance Fast Rhythm CD was composed and performed by Ron Wagner and is a collection of songs used in the Nina and Vina Belly Dance Exercise series. As the title indicates, all the songs on this CD are fast rhythms. The songs are simple, repetitive, and have strong regular beats. I think this makes them ideal for beginning dance students or beginning listeners to Middle Eastern music because sometimes when you're not familiar with Middle Eastern music, it can be confusing. It's a different structure from Western music. The simpleness of the songs also makes the CD nice for background music at work, driving, or just around the house. 
Most of the songs are under five minutes, which makes them a good length for exercising to or performing to. I have only a few complaints. One is that this CD is all fast music. I am aware that there is a slow rhythm CD, but I think I would have preferred that they mixed the two track lists and then just called them Volume 1 and Volume 2. I, I kind of like a more of a variety in my CD track listings. The other complaint is the liner notes, or more specifically, the lack of liner notes. I'm a liner note junkie. I would have loved it if they had included more information about Ron Wagner, Nina, and Vina, as well as the songs, such as instruments used or the inspiration for the songs. Sadly, they missed a great educational opportunity there. However, if you like the Nina and Vina exercise DVDs, then you will surely like the music on this CD. <laughs> an article by Nio, who is the uh, co-artistic director for the My Ear in a Wall troupe here in Northwest Arkansas. Basic Choreography 101 by Nio. This article is designed to help those of you who want to choreograph a piece of music for the first time, but aren't quite sure how to begin. I want to start by saying there is no right way or wrong way to choreograph. Each person will have her or his own style and manner of approaching it. I have been choreographing for about six years and I still find it to be one of the most fun and challenging aspects of dancing. The first thing to do is find a piece of music you love. This is vital because you will be listening to it until you can hear it in your sleep. This is the nightmare part of choreography. I would suggest that for a beginning choreographer, you choose a piece that is no more than three and a half minutes in length. Really, this is a good length for any solo routine. When you are out there dancing by yourself, believe me, three and a half minutes is plenty of time. Group routines can be longer since you can put in individual solos and many other variations which play on the group dynamic and keep the routine exciting for both the dancers involved and the audience. If you have access to a portable CD player or tape player, you can pause, start over, and rewind. This is very helpful, especially once you begin to put the movements on paper. Once I have my music, I count out the beat. For purposes of this article, I'm going to use a four count. That means there are four beats, and then it starts over, like this. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. I use a notebook and a pencil, and I count out how many sets of four count there are in the music. I use a tick mark for each set of four counts, and then I underline the tick marks to help note changes in tempo, vocals, or instruments. After doing this the first time, I may go through the piece several more times to make sure I have caught all the beats and changes. That's why I use a pencil. 
I then go through and mark all the underlines that denote changes as to what kind of changes they are. Meaning, I'll write out the words introduction, drums, vocals, string instruments, etc. Now it is time to begin choreographing. Some dancers will physically dance, stop, and write down. Dance, stop, and write down. I like to do it in my head, imagining the movements and how they will fit together, pausing the music to write it down. And once I have either the entire piece or an entire segment done, I dance to it to see if reality meets imagination. One final note. If I'm choreographing for myself alone, I always put in a dance move that I cannot do when I start and challenge myself to perfect it by the time I perform. If I'm choreographing for the troupe, I try to take into account how many people will be performing, the general skill level of the dancers, whether they're beginning or advanced, and how much space will be covered by the steps in the dance. So I hope you all enjoyed that article on choreography by Nayo, and hopefully some of the tips will come in handy if you decide to choreograph a routine. And now it's time for the question of the week. I originally had a different question picked out, but then I got an email from Jenny in Rome City, Indiana, which I'd read a portion of earlier. So now I'm going to read the rest of her email now. I've seen belly dancers at a local coffee house where I go to play chess once in a while. I really enjoyed seeing them except for one thing. They let people tuck bucks at the end of the performance. That made me uncomfortable, but I put it to the back of my mind and sort of forgot about it. And then one day I was talking to a friend of mine and he said that he's never heard of such a thing. He also said that part of the fascination about watching belly dancers was that they were mysterious and untouchable. What is your take on that? I think if folks want a tip, it would be nice to put down a tip bowl or something. But I don't know. To me, tucking equals strippers. So next week's question is, how do you accept tips? And specifically, how do you feel about tucking tips. To answer, you can send an email to shimmycast at gmail.com or go to our forum board at shimmycast.blogspot.com. And finally, we're at the end of another episode and it's time for the music pick of the week. This week's song is Fives from the album Shall We Dance by Beth Quest. I hope you all enjoy and until next week, this is Anala Rabari saying shimmy on.
Thanks again for listening to ShimmyCast. You can leave us feedback at shimmycast at gmail.com and be sure to visit our website and forum at www.shimmycast.blogspot.com. Remember, the opinions expressed are those of the host and the podcast crew. Thanks again.